0: Department on the West Side of Los Angeles, it's High On Film! Tonight, we've got Brandon Black and Moonlight, my SpaghettiOs go hard, man, on this week's Chef Special Episode. Hello and welcome again to High On Film, sobering talk about movies, episode 211, Oscar Spectacular Part 2, the Best Picture Winner. From the Academy Awards this year. The year of our Lord, 2016, was the year of movies. Of course, it is 2017 now. What a world, what a world. And of course, we're doing what won Best Picture at the most recent Academy Awards. La la... Oh, wait. I'm sorry, are you tired of that joke? Uh, I kind of am. We did Moonlight from 2016, directed by Barry Jenkins, written by Barry Jenkins, uh, for the screenplay, and based off the... Uh, he gets a story by credit, but I believe it's an unproduced play. Uh, but, uh, what it's called? Where am I here? In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue by Terrell Alvin McCranny. There it is. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Very excited, not only that this film actually took home the Best Picture winner, uh, but to be talking about it here today, as it was one of my favorites of the former year. Um... Very excited to also uh, hopefully expose more people to this, because again and again I'm talking to people, and they either have not seen it because of uh, limited release, or, well, they haven't seen it because they don't think it's for them, and I have a problem with that too, but we can get to that and all of my complaints about society later. Welcome to the show. We try to be optimistic here. Um, And it's the other thing. My other complaint is people are always like, this movie's such a downer. Yeah, downer points ends pretty damn optimistically, if you ask me, but again, we'll get to that, um, good to mention, I guess, spoilers will be inherent to Moonlight, uh, maybe some other movies, but probably not, I'm going to anticipate, uh, just just some Moonlight spoilers here. Uh, I'm Chris Maxwell, your host, uh, we're doing Moonlight, and part two, Oscar Spectacular, the man right to my left, that's what's next on my agenda here, he is the co-host from the couch, You know him as the podcaster of Disaster, the walking Kevin Bacon game, the mother of dragons, but I know him as the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend who's here every week, Mr. Brad Davis.
1: Happy Oscars.
0: Hey, happy Oscar Sunday, Brad. (laughs) Yeah. Last Sunday. Last Sunday. Yes, of course, we celebrated by watching The Silence of the Lambs, a former Best Picture winner, and uh, yeah, what a movie that was. That was a movie. Certainly nice to switch gears and uh, get into something like this. Uh, a little bit more of an art house film, I would say. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I do want to also bring this up. When adjusted for inflation, this has the lowest budget of a Best Picture winner ever. It was made for $1.5 million. Lowest,
1: I'm sorry, lowest budget?
0: Yes. Budget. Lowest okay, budget of Best Picture ever. Uh, $1.5 million dollars Moonlight was made for. Uh Technically, Rocky is the lowest budgeted Best Picture winner at $1.1 but when you adjust that for inflation, Moonlight clearly undercuts it by a whole bunch.
1: $1.5, Jesus.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think of this movie, Brad? You, we saw this uh, in theaters.
1: Right, yeah. Months Way back, back. yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is deserving of Best Picture of the Year. I would probably have to think about it a little more carefully, but I can make the argument this is the best movie in maybe the last five years.
0: Wow. So, I'd, better than Spotlight, Birdman, Boyhood? Birdman is Birdman's
1: uh, up there. Uh, it's, it's close for me, but yeah, I think it's better than all the ones you just named. Okay. Interesting. I'd have to... I'm trying to remember what best pictures a couple of years ago or what movies were, but... This, this movie floored me when I saw it. I felt like I hadn't seen a movie like this before, and I'm still pretty sure that's true, uh, to kind of handle this subject matter. And, yeah, it's it it's just as good as I remember it, watching it a second time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into this too, too much. I mean, everyone knows what happened at the Oscars, uh, misawarding awarding La La Land as Best Picture. Do you think uh, it undercut their moment By having such a (laughs) fuck-up, to put it bluntly?
1: Yes. I mean, I I almost don't think it's an opinion. I think it's a fact. It absolutely Mm. undercut their moment. Yeah. In in, in the spotlight. In the spotlight. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they get the Best Picture winner, and this is an Oscars that no one will ever forget. Yeah. Like,
0: sometimes That actually, I think, is a a strong testament to, I mean, or I guess... The movie enough it has enough to be its own staying power, but I do think that that little glitch of history right. will make it remembered maybe even I further mean, than it. Do
1: people remember uh, like when Million a, Dollar Baby won Best Picture, or <laughs> yeah, I when do. no, no, <laughs> i was kind of like what? No, no, the average person,
0: Slumdog <laughs> oh, sure, Millionaire, sure.
1: like a lot of these. Uh, the I'm sorry, the Catherine Bigelow movie that won Best Picture, Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker, like those movies. Most the average person doesn't remember necessarily remember those won Best Picture. Almost every person will remember that Moonlight won Best Picture because of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good point. I like that. Um, not because it's the first LGBT film or all-black film to win Best Picture, because those are both true. Uh, and I will like to just bring up one more wow. fact before I uh, bring up our, uh, our guest here. Uh, this is also features the first Muslim to ever win an acting award at the Academy Awards. And coincidentally, my single favorite performance of the entire year, Mahershala Ali as Juan, uh, just phenomenal.
1: I was so happy he won an Oscar. Yeah. I was, oh, yeah, Me too. He was awesome. He had such a year and that guy is just, he has a presence on screen that is magnetic.
0: I was going to be more upset about that than I think any other category. Um, but most of them, I'd say all but one really fell where I didn't want it to. Casey Affleck won. I wanted Denzel. I agree. That's really the only one. Suicide Squad. That's a tough Oscar to swallow, but I'll allow it. Hacksaw Ridge having Oscars is you were not happy. Tough pills for me to swallow, but happy. I'm not you know losing my mind over the sound mixing Oscar or whatever Hacksaw won. Uh, let's find out what our esteemed guest thought of these Oscars. I think that's a great idea. He is. He has a. Fan, we were just discussing the fantastic track record this man has on high on film. Everything from Sunset Boulevard to Beyonce's Lemonade to Lethal Weapon. And here he is back to do this Best Picture winner, Moonlight. He is a fantastic actor, a longtime friend of the show, and uh, a very good friend of ours. Brandon Black has returned.
2: Hey. What's up, Brandon? Hey. What's up? Yeah, I'm pretty into that track record, too.
0: Yeah. He didn't even mention 8 Miles. I, I didn't. I, I, that one slipped my mind. I oh. knew there was one more, but oh. I couldn't remember what it was. Jeez. I had it right here. Yeah,
2: I, know you, I knew you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's
0: your two. Yeah. <laughs> there's love a that connection movie. there. Yes, yeah, we yeah.
2: did. We found each other that way. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh,
0: Brandon. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. A pleasure, especially on such a great episode as our Oscar spectacular part due. Yeah. Did you watch the Oscars?
2: I did watch the Oscars. Yeah, I did.
0: I <laughs> Give did. us your reaction as a young black actor in the business. In the business. Best picture. Uh, any of the other categories you feel any uh, strong emotions about. One way or the other, whether, yeah, good, they won, or...
2: Well, I can't uh, there we go. Should
0: have got that one. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, uh, the, the I, I was when Mahershala won uh, his award, I was I was so happy because I was like, I want to just I want to hear him speak and see what he has to say, um, because he's got like you said, he's got such a presence that it's kind of like Viola Davis where I'm like, just talk and let me look at you do it. Because just that is a performance, you know, and he did, he did that up there. Like it was. So did Viola. Yeah. S- right. You know, so. It, it was, was magnetic. You're magnetic. Absolutely true. And yeah. it's just like, you know, I'm, I I just, I study this. Like, how do I just be you right now? <laughs> how do you just have that? Because uh, it, it's like this grounded, real uh, presence that was in the movie as well of just. He was able to be so tough looking and so sensitive at the same time, um, like Idris Elba can do, Mm -hmm. um, although they say that he's too street to be Bond, but you know, that's for another time. We'll get back to that. (laughs) We'll We'll get back to that. Turn your wire box sets to the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, and then of course, you know, the, the fuck up scene round the world, uh, I was at a party watching the Oscars, and everyone in the room was so upset that La La Land won that a drunken friend who will go unnamed, uh, another actress, so she must go unnamed, uh, turned off the projector oh. and was like, we- I can't oh, even. No. I can't even. And it like, turned off the Oscars. And I was like, Turn the Oscars back on, she was like, La La Land won, it's over, I can't believe it, I'm walking out, and she storms out. So we turn back on the TV, I'm 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 upset, I sure. really wanted Moonlight, Moonlight to win. I was upset too. There was a
0: collective sigh here when we watched it. We yeah, like, oh.
2: but I was still like, I have to watch this though, because also, the people who made uh, uh, La La Land could pull an Adele, and say that Beyonce should be up here winning this award, you know? I was like, so That's let me true. see if that happens. And then something better even happened. They were wrong the whole time. And, you know, as, as everyone saw, uh, Moonlight won. And and people were pissed that uh, and there was conspiracies going on about, okay, like, no. was it this or that. And I never really, I never, I didn't take it to conspiracies over they were going to have the the white movies that save jazz win? I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I, was, I, I didn't think that because, yeah. because I, I, Moonlight was fantastic. So when, when it was, it, when, when that came out, I was like, good, like art actually, not that La La Land didn't have artistic things about it, of course too, but the best movie for me was Moonlight. I am a little biased. I, I worked with Barry. Um, and not just that, but it's it's uh, the story the story matter you know the the, the content of the movie uh, I would be biased about as well but I mean that was that was a fantastic movie. So I'm with you. I'm like now you'll never forget when that movie won. Maybe Barry didn't get to say all the things he would have said because he was kind of just like, Oh, uh, you know, like, yeah, throw into into shock. It. Yeah. everyone was stuck. I was stuck. I was, I, yeah, there's a lot of champagne oh. happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I leaped out of my chair. I was like, what the
0: hell is going I on? I did
2: too, man. It, it was and, crazy. So I, it was, in, it was imperfect, but I think that, yeah, that will be, <laughs> oh, I know exactly where I was when that happened. I was here doing this, you know,
0: so I'm happy about it. Uh, two questions. Yes. Ha- have you talked to the friend who turned off the j- projector since? Yes. How do they feel about leaving before Uh, finding out the truth? Well, that's the best part. You know, like when girls
2: are like, I can't even, but then they do. That's what she did. She stormed out, but then she came back in. (laughs) uh. (laughs) So she saw it happen, and then she cried.
0: Uh, uh, That's that's a nice
2: Yeah, she cried, and it was one of those moments. It was really cool. And two, uh, did you see La La Land, and what did you think of it? I did see La La Land. And I, I liked La La Land. Um, I like both of those actors. Um, and I'm also biased to that storyline. You know, of course I want to see... Hollywood of Dreams. Hollywood of Dreams and <laughs> Mulholland Drive and... <laughs> You know, I've, of course, I want to Christmas see you like great. stop, uh, <laughs> stop waiting tables or you know working at the coffee shop and getting on the lot. And now you're now someone's letting you out of the car. Co- you know, like, it was all the fantasies of like what an actor wants when they make it. So of course, I loved that. Um, but I, I did think it was a bit overhyped overall. Um, so I, I, that's what I was feeling when it won. I was like, wow, okay, so like. Hard-hitting story didn't win. And then it did.
0: All right. Well, let's get into some Trash Star Destroy. Okay. The first segment of our podcast. We give you three movies of a similar ilk. One must be trashed, which means it's eliminated from existence. Okay. One movie you get to star in in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. Okay. And the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version that has ever been made, ever existed, ever been viewed, has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay. Of the rock fame. Right. So, okay, as is tradition for our Best Picture winner, we'll start off with a category called Not Best Picture. The three movies that uh, garnered either the most support or the most Oscars, but failed to win Best Picture. But, okay. of course, were nominated for Best Picture. Sure. So, it's going to be La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Hacksaw Ridge, <laughs> <laughs> the movie that won the most Oscars other than the three we mentioned.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: Because everything else was pretty much blanked out, right? Hell uh, High Water, Arrival, Hidden fences Figures. One, one. Fences 1-1. Fences
1: 1-1. Yeah, you're right. For the most part, a lot of us. Suicide Squad 1-1. One, one. That was not nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> oh, nominated for Best Picture. Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't even listening. <laughs> uh, Although,
0: uh, I saw... I saw Someone tweeted this. Uh, it's like, great! It,
1: Arrival won some of the mix, like sound. Oh, mixing. it
0: did. Yeah, it won one of those. Yeah, sound mixing or sound editing. I can't remember which. Yeah, me either. Because it doesn't matter. Well, what was this tweet? It was. Uh, I can't. I wish I could give credit to who it was, but uh, uh, it said, "You'll feel better about the Suicide Squad Oscar if you think that." Every movie that Viola Davis was in last year won an Oscar. you that, that helps.
2: Look <laughs> <laughs> like how much happier you are. You I'm just... <laughs> so much happier. Here.
0: That really does help. Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. All right. That one's for Viola. That is for Viola, yeah. Hey, get your paycheck. Yeah, you know? do yeah. it. Will
2: Smith is doing it. She yeah.
0: Earned it. <laughs> La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, maybe the two most white bread movies of the year, mm. uh, and Hacksaw Ridge. The Mel Gibson, World War II, Japanese war movie. American Japanese war movie.
1: Uh, boy.
0: Yeah, Brad, what do you think here?
1: Yeah, there's... I guess my debate is do I take the Gosling role in La La Land or do I take the Casey Affleck role in Manchester? Mm. And I think I would be doing the world a better service. Even though Affleck's performance is great. I... I'm fine saying that that was a fantastic performance. Now, do we need to be giving accolades and awards to somebody like that?
0: Oh, you mean no. a sexual assaulter? Yes. Yes.
1: Or, yeah, sexual assaulter. Yes, right, so you whatever.
0: need to be. No, like... no, no, no. No, we do not. <laughs> Clarifying no. for the audience. Especially yeah, when
1: Denzel sorry. did what Denzel did this year. I want to yeah. be on record for that. Denzel gave one of the performances of his life, and he fucking lost. I know. Mm. Um, so just to. Push that in that direction, which I actually think La La Land plays better into Michael Bay's hands anyway than Manchester by the Sea would, so I'll take the Casey Affleck role in Manchester by the Sea. Wow,
0: okay. (laughs) I'm just saying more about your Michael Bay comment when you have a third movie hanging here. Because I just want to trash Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. I'd rather trash Hacksaw Ridge than trash La La Land. Sure. You'd rather have Michael Bay's La La Land
1: yeah then (laughs) no La La Land at all I've said it before I'm interested to see what Michael Bay would do with the movie okay and I loved Emma Stone in the movie if she's still in it I feel uh, I'll still enjoy it
2: okay she'd be way more tan in
1: his version (laughs) yeah and probably way less clothed yeah
2: be a new be a new her okay (laughs) be a new her be, uh, I, I, I like her just fine the way Megan
1: she Megan Fox. Is. Yeah. yeah, she'd be Megan Fox. Oh, I <laughs> like Emma Stone so much more. Let's just leave her
0: alone. <laughs> I mean, she's great. It'd be Megan Fox and Mark Wahlberg in La La Land. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, don't make me regret it. See? This see, Brad, thing. see what you've done? <laughs> You're the so actors? interesting. Oh. You're so interesting.
2: Fuck. Look what you Damn. did. Oh.
1: You're almost making me change my mind and Trashing Hacksaw Ridge Giving Manchester by the Sea to Michael Bay Because I'm just fucking interested in <laughs> him trying to pull that Nightmare off And when I say nightmare A nightmare for him and sure. the rest of the audience And then me just taking the Gosling role Because I wouldn't mind hanging out with Emma Stone for that whole fucking movie So I just gave two answers Audience, pick which one you like more and I yeah. hear that
2: Leave us a note in the comments
1: Exactly, call <laughs> in, let me know which one you like more the numbers on the screen.
0: <laughs> the screen. <laughs> the computer screen that you're listening to our audio podcast on. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, All right, <laughs> Brandon Black, what are you doing here? Oh
2: man, I'm. Uh, part of me wants to star in La La Land just to, uh, you know, put some responsible storytelling in there about where some of this. Uh, came from? More, more African-American
1: people <laughs> yeah. right there? Not yeah. just John Legend? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, But if it was just on pure... Uh, if it was just on pure, like, fantasy, I'd want to be uh, in Hacksaw, actually. Mm, because wow. Because I've always wanted to be in a war movie. Oh. And, you know, I could be like Lawrence Fishburne and, you know, in, in the... Uh, uh, old Marlon Brando whatever older movie way older movie Um, but yeah I've always wanted to be um, I know I'm trying to think of it too Um, Apocalypse Now Oh, Brando, not Lauren. Not- is Lawrence Fishburne in that movie? Yeah. He's Larry Fishburne at that oh, time. Oh, wow. His first Deep movie. cut. Yeah. Uh, so wait, would you take the Andrew Garfield role to the lead role? Yeah. Ugh. yeah. You Come know what? I'd, I'd be more likely to see that movie
1: Thank if you. you were in it than
2: Andrew Garfield. Yeah, gotta take leads, man. I gotta take leads. Me know? too. I do not care. Yeah,
0: Lawrence Fishburne is in
2: it. Yeah, Larry, Larry Fish. Yeah. Tyrone
0: Clean Miller. That's right. His, uh, character name.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh so yeah okay so I would star in that um I would man this is always hard. I guess I would um destroy Manchester by the Sea to give that to Bay. I'd give that to Bay. Um be and I pick that because I'm I'm pretty comfortable trashing La La Land. I don't I didn't need it, you know. I'll watch Entourage if I want those warm, funny feelings of like.
0: <laughs> you get the same warm, funny same feelings ones. from
2: Entourage as yep. you do from La because La yeah.
0: all, all it is is I know that street.
2: <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. You know, you that's got, all I need. Not
0: wish fulfillment. No. Yeah. Well, I get that in I get that in Entourage. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's You get it in both, I would say. I you like, get it more in Entourage. I get it more in Entourage, and I, I More the life it. you'd rather lead than the yes. uh, La La Land life. Yeah, because like.
2: yeah. I'm not too huge on musicals, so I'll just take Entourage and then trash this.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> what I'll, about you? I'll allow it. Yeah. Me? Ah, oh, boy. You know, I'm tempted...
1: To work with Mel Gibson. <laughs> no, I'm not.
0: No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm almost... I'm gonna destroy Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. It's not gonna be Michael Bay's Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. So good luck, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, lots of explosions. That's cool. I, I, yeah. I feel like I would like the guy as a, as a person, but uh, as an actor, it just doesn't do it for me. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. It's that and silence, and even like he's a good Spider-Man, but he's a bad Peter Parker. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's just nothing he's doing really works for me. Um, I think I'm gonna trash Manchester. And take away Casey Affleck's Oscar so I can go to Denzel. Oh, go.
1: that's true. I didn't think of that. And then oh, I'm going to star
0: in La La oh. Land as John Legend's part. Wow. Oh. Hopefully promoting okay. John Legend to take ah. the Ryan Gosling ah. part. Okay. Damn. I was going to say, you're going to take the only black person no, no, out of no, 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 that. No, no, no. Well, okay. I, 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 there mean, is, has to be a little bit of trust on Damien Chazelle's part that he won't yeah. make this movie without... Some a black, black voice people. in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do think he kind of went out of the way to get John Legend or a black actor to be the one who gets to talk about how jazz still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. If I'm that part and he has no say in it, then he's going to have to go the other way and then maybe get a more talented singer and dancer than Mr. Gosling. Which we saw at the Oscars. Like, oh, right. If somebody sings City of Stars with a fucking killer voice, Mm -hmm. that song is. Yeah. No wonder it
1: won Best Song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. we got to take a break. All right. We're coming right back with some more Moonlight and some more games. More Brandon Black right after this. Hi on film, talking the best picture winner, Moonlight, today. Alright guys, strap in, here we go. All this right. is the games portion. Oh god, okay. <laughs> so we like to start things off with the summary game. The first official game of the podcast, That's Worth a Damn. That's zero to two points for each one of us around the podcast table today. Brandon Black, Brad Davis, and myself will each take a turn at summarizing Moonlight to the best of our ability in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. It's a hundred and eleven-minute movie. Got eleven point one seconds to summarize it. Okay. Zero to two points for this uh, this game for each one of us. Please feel free to use decimals to refine your scores and accurately judge your friends numerically, as friends do. Of course, during our uh, break, we had our patented twin Cost coin toss. And Brad, you son of a bitch, <laughs> came up. Uh, the third option.
1: Right. That's the one I chose. Third <laughs> not option. Not Hales,
0: not Ted's, but third option. <laughs> <laughs> yep. you going first, second, or third this time, Brad? Uh, I'll start. You're starting off. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Brave man. Three acts of moonlight in 11.1 seconds. In three, two, one... A young black man in a masculine-dominated world has
1: to deal with his homosexuality and coming to learn who he actually is through three stages of his life, while dealing with a drug-addicted mother and his father figure who passes Time. away. Time. Jeez. Oof, wow, that went a lot quicker than I thought.
0: You got a decent amount in there. Though. I did. Sure I would have maybe
1: wrapped up a little better, but either way, I'll take it. That was that went better than I expected, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Christopher.
0: Whew, okay. Uh, okay. Straighten out. Thoughts. Right. Stop jumbled. Stop jumbling. All right. Stop jumbling. Stop uh, jumbling.
1: 11.1 seconds. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Sure. Three, two, one.
0: A tale of love and identity from a young black boy with a cr- uh, crackhead mom living in Miami as he goes through three stages of his life uh, to find uh, his own identity and who he is and who he's able Time. to love. All right. Okay. Stumbling a little bit. Yeah. It was more articulate in my mind. Mm. I think yeah. that always the way.
2: Yeah, sure. always, man. This is this this game stresses me out. Stresses a lot of people out. <sighs> it does, yeah. It stresses us out, and we do it every week. Uh, okay. Um or right. you're
0: you're in good company with plenty of our uh, <laughs> past guests. All right. Eleven point one, Brandon. All right. In three, two, uh, one. A story about
2: a young black boy's uh, coming of. Age in his trying to figure out his sexuality. He's bullied in school. He grows up. He becomes what his ah. There's too many thoughts. Time. Um, oh no!
0: <laughs> too many things. This happens to me every time. <laughs> but that's good. It's kind of it's kind of him. He has too many thoughts. You yeah. know. You touched yeah. on
1: the bullying thing too, which neither one of us touched on, which is a yeah. pretty a huge factor in this. Oh movie. yeah. Definitely
2: a huge factor. Man, that was hard. That's so hard for me every time. <laughs> Sorry. You did good. You did
0: good. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep the podcast rolling right into our second game, First Impressions. All right. In this game, each one of us is going to supply the person to our right with a line we'd like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. Of course, said line must be from Moonlight. Yes. And uh, we'll be for zero to three points. Uh, Brad went first, so I'm going to go first and give you a line, Brandon. All right. I'm gonna give you the the dude who gave me my favorite performance of 2016, oh, boy. Mahershala Ali playing Juan, the uh, the drug dealer, who is you know uh, what Little's uh, what's it called father surrogate figure? father figure. Yeah, um, and it is also the titular line of the movie. It's after uh, Juan's swimming lesson for Little, teaching him how to swim in the ocean, a terrifying experience, I'm sure. Um, but he's telling him a story about how he's Cuban. Uh, and there are black people all over the world. And he just gives this little instance of one time where a Cuban woman uh, caught him out on the street when he was a little boy. I'm going to let him do the the, the great line. Okay. Justice himself. This old lady, she stopped me.
2: She said, running around catching a boy light.
0: In moonlight, black boys look blue. You blue. All right, Brandon Black, Mahershala Ali doing a Cuban accent. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. This old lady,
2: she stopped me. She said, Running around, catching up all the light. In moonlight, black boys look blue. You blue. That's damn good, dude. Yeah, it is
1: damn good. <laughs> wow. Have you been to Cuba?
2: <laughs> Just a fan of Jay-Z's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I saw you get the rhythm there a little right. bit, too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a big part of it. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, do you have a line for Brad to impersonate?
2: I do. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Brad! Yes, the uh, it's the line uh, where uh, Keith, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin uh, is is trying to cook him something in the kitchen. He's trying to get him to speak, and he, he won't he won't speak. So he says, "These are grandma rules." Mm. You know uh, what is it? You um. Oh, I wrote it down. Yeah. Your ass like your... eat. Your ass speak. Oh, yeah. yo ass eat. Yo ass speak. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> These grandma rules, man. You know the deal. Your ass eat, your ass speak.
0: All right, Brad. Uh, The part originally portrayed by Andre Holland, also deserving of an Oscar nod, I would say, Mm -hmm. in a cast filled, uh, the best ensemble cast of the year. Oh, boy. Kevin in Act Three. Mm -hmm. All right.
1: Hey, these grandma rules, man. You know the deal. Your ass eat, you'll speak.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Not so bad. Not yeah. so bad. It's a hard line you have to watch. I
0: know. Yeah. I know. Right, right. Yep. <clears throat> uh, Brad, do you have a line for me?
1: Uh, I do. I'm actually going to give you a line that is uh, actually right after the line you gave Brandon. Oh. So it is uh, one again. Uh, and it's pretty much the entire.
0: It's not a little line.
1: No, no, it's not a little <laughs> line. He has about four. So
0: your name blue? <laughs>
1: That's it. That's his only line. Uh, and he says his own name. <laughs> um, but it's pretty much the entire theme of this film. Uh, talking with, it's right after he uh, actually. Funny enough, the line you give. Uh, so your name's blue.
0: Nah, man. Nah, man.
1: And (laughs) it's so great because it really is kind of the whole idea like finding your own identity. And, you know, this, and uh, Juan's telling the story about how this woman called him Blue. And uh, Chiron asks, uh, So is your name Blue? And this is Juan's response.
2: At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are.
0: Can't let nobody make that decision for you. All right, that Oscar winning performance. Here we go. <clears throat> At some point, you just got to decide for yourself who you're going to be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you.
2: Yeah. All right. I love right. that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like what you did there. Thanks, man. Yeah. Definitely.
0: All right, guys. Well, once you're done scoring, you can put the scorecards aside because we're getting into the open forum discussion that is known only as scene work. Scene work. Of course, we're an optimistic podcast covering a uh, mostly optimistic movie, so we'll start things off optimistically. To do, to do. Best scene. Best scene. What's the best scene in the Oscar-winning Moonlight? I mean, who wants to begin?
1: I, <laughs> I okay. Feel well.
0: Like... uh I'll start with what I think uh, is a contender. I I don't know if it's my favorite or the best, but I think it's in conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's the Mahershala Ali Oscar scene where he's sitting around the table with Little Mm -hmm. and then um, Mm -hmm. um, what's your name? Janelle Monet. Janelle but Teresa. Teresa, Teresa, thank you, uh, comes and, and joins them. And Little asks him if he knows the definition of, uh, he asks him, what's a hard F? Yeah. And then asked if uh, Mahershala sells drugs. Right. And he has to go, he explains, you know, hard F's what people call gay people to make them feel bad about themselves. And he's like, yes, I do sell drugs. And, and yes, my mom, mom does, does drugs. drugs. Yeah. yeah. And it is, whew. The first time I saw this scene, it floored me Yeah, it is such a quiet scene yeah. of self-reflection on both of their parts yeah. Juan and Littles and it is I, my hairs are starting to stand on end just thinking about it I, I think it is a killer scene with two amazing actors one of which uh, I think uh, this was integral in leading to his Oscar yeah absolutely
2: it's uh, yeah
1: it, it, it's definitely in my top two scenes in this movie I think, and actually before they even he even asks the question, he says, which actually was the scene they showed for Mahershala at the Oscars. Um, you Something about your mom, I hate her. Yeah, I hated my mom too, yeah. but now I miss her every day. Yep. Like, that oh. kicks off that scene, and then... Ugh, God, yeah, that scene is incredible.
0: Well, he uh, even jokes around with him. What kicks off the scene is he takes him in his chair and moves him to the other side of the table and is like don't let anyone creep up on you make sure you have a view of all the exits the whole, so nobody's coming up on you right
1: the, like, something that plays in a big, a big part into what Chiron's character becomes later yeah, yeah. oh absolutely. absolutely um but that scene is i mean when he asks him and then when he and Juan's reaction to every little piece of that those questions having to answer that yes I deal drugs Yes, your mother does drugs. I'm a drug dealer. And the walk away from the table is uh, a heartbreaking scene to watch. And, you know, spoiler alert, particularly because that is the last time we see one.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that is what we're left with. Barry lingers on those moments for so long. It's there's not much on the page happening right there. But they bring such like life to those silences that you like that you said, and you can just see all the 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 guilt or the, you know the guilt you know, yeah, I'm a drug dealer. Yes, your mom does drugs, so yes, I'm doing that to your mom. And we had just saw that play out, too. yeah, which was another
0: killer scene. Yes. yeah, we mentioned it. You're gonna raise him versus uh, you're gonna keep selling me rocks? Yeah, so you keep selling me rocks though Ooh, she was she was that she was
2: fantastic they were again yeah they were, Yeah,
1: Naomi yeah. Harris yeah those are the two scenes that got Mahershala Ali his Oscar yeah. I mean he's great throughout but those are the two standouts the
0: one scenes. we just did lines from is great yeah. yes
1: that, that's true too teaching the,
0: little how to swim too
1: yeah and I can't believe I'm not going to mention that in my best scene but because <laughs> that's so uh, I, I mean I feel like that's the one of the couple visual images that will be remembered for this movie is him teaching him to swim, is Juan teaching oh, to swim. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but for my best scene, and yours, Chris, would probably be, I put these as probably 1A and 1B, um, but I, I the whole diner scene, everything from when he walks into that diner from actually, Brandon, you pointed out when we were watching, from the moment he pulls up and he's getting out of his car and he like puts on his nicer shirt and the chain pulls the chain out and mm-hmm. brushes his hair and like prepping himself for a date. Yeah, like checked his mm-hmm. breath. Yeah, checks everything. Like go for a date. And you're like uh hearing the uh I'm a classic man. Like that song's like playing bump, almost like a remix version of that that actually bumps a little harder. And then he walks into the diner and you hear the bell and everything just stops. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now we're listening to, I don't know who's singing at that point, but it's much more like, I think it's Aretha Franklin starts off that scene. Yeah, it's a classic, slower song and everything just slows down. Yeah. And this movie feels like, like we're kind of moving quickly. A lot of things are happening fast. A lot of, quick camera movements, mm. and all of a sudden now we're set in this diner for maybe the next know, 20 minutes or something. It's the majority of the third act. And you get um, you get the music change. You get um, Chiron initially being hesitant to even sh- uh, let Kevin know that he's there. Kevin works at the diner to let him know that he's even there. And uh, God, I... I- the chef special, like once they finally start talking and Kevin says, I'm going to make you the chef special. One of the most romantic scenes I can remember in a long time is watching a man cook another man food. And if you would just explain it as simply as that, it doesn't seem like it would be such a poignant, beautiful scene. But the care with which Kevin makes this meal and he has the little rice in a bowl and he's making it so perfectly and a little... The uh, I'm getting dude, emotional talking about this. I am too. I'm not kidding you. And
0: I, I have so much respect for the detail in the scene because it's not a nice restaurant. This right. is like a kind of a shitty diner. Right. And he's making the chef special using what they have. So nothing is particularly yeah, it's white rice extravagant. And black beans. Yeah. Or or uh, he's not using any like hugely like expensive culinary tools. He's using like a plastic bowl mm-hmm. that like is a throwaway thing that you get like, baba Ganoushin. yeah, it's like... To-go stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's it looks so simple, but the care he takes with it for this, like, you know, white rice and beans and, like, like what looks like flank steak with some onions or something. I mean, I'm sure it's more of a traditional Cuban dish. They have yeah. lines about that later. But, like, it's so... The care in it is so loving and so detailed. Like, these food scenes can rival ones in, like, if John Favreau's chef or, yeah. um... Yeah. Uh, what's another like good food porn movie? I know there's another one I've seen recently. Um, Burnt. No, Burning. <laughs> <sighs>
2: Take the air right up. You out. get it's my like, point. Or, yes. Or Chef's Table on Netflix. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe not quite that, but like Chef as Close. in the, yeah. yeah. I mean, they do a lot of like nice shots of like showing the actual preparation of the food, and like you see the care in the hands, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the actual beauty of the food. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you actually have them sitting at the table together, and you get so much there. You have the moment of Kevin telling Chiron that he has a son with a woman. And not only the disappointment in his eyes of thinking that this man is married or just simply straight now, but I also think it's Chiron's kind of maybe thought in the, and I'm obviously just kind of pulling this, but like in the back of his mind, thought that somebody else has gone through what he's been going through. Of, like, not having the touch of another person in years. And now this one person that he had this connection with is showing him that he has a son with somebody else. Yep. That, like, this person isn't really Who nobody. called him
0: out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. And nobody. Clearly has a bit of a booty call. Like, well, right. Yeah. And nobody's right really. Right at night.
1: Well, and, like, maybe in the back of his mind he's always thought somebody else was kind of in this situation like him. And now here is proof in a picture that it's not. Right. Mm-hmm that you're mm-hmm. alone in this again. Okay. And then when he finally admits to him that he's like dealing drugs and the disappointment in Kevin, and then you let, he lets Shiron sit with that. Kevin goes help someone at the register, then cleans up a table, then tells him to take the those fronts out, mm-hmm. which you beautifully pointed out, like get rid of the front. Stop fronting
2: with those fronts. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then finally comes back to the table, like what the hell are you doing? Like, They let you sit in this scene, in this diner, which could so easily have just been uh, boring. Yeah. Two people talking in a diner. It it could easily be boring. And it's a scene where, man, if you're writing that with that much... There there must have been so many pages of just two guys sitting in a diner talking that would scare (laughs) the average person into even trying to film that. And I just think it is... It, 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 it The first time I saw it, I couldn't believe how beautiful it was, and how brilliant it was, and how simple it was.
2: And I, I felt the same way this time. Yeah? Yeah. Is that your pick? That is my is that pick. That's your pick? Uh, dang. Well, <laughs> that's funny, because, um... My pick was uh, the jukebox scene specifically. And actually, I didn't even discuss that. Yeah. Also
1: in the same scene, so I'm glad you're going to
2: bring this up. Yeah, that's why I feel like I could still use it. Perfect. Uh, that part specifically, even though, like we said, these there's so many other areas here where I'm just like, I wasn't even breathing, right? Because I was just stuck on um, what was going on on screen. But, but that scene was the most... Um, the song, it was Hello Stranger... Uh, By Barbara Lewis Um, and that's the the lyrics were The dialogue for these two characters in the scene and it was so perfect. I mean they even cut from from one person talking to the next as it's happening in the song and I just like that part they weren't saying anything and they were saying everything there was just so much, like, loaded history there that I just, as an actor, I really appreciate being able to see so much happening with you not needing to do much, because that's always something I'm trying to tell myself, is I don't have to do a lot to oh, the tell a lot of the story. Yeah, the camera does, the, you know, the, there were, there's a community of storytellers telling this story, not just you. Show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. And, um, they did that, you know, um... That scene, yeah, I had to pick that as my favorite scene. There's too many, but I'm going to pick that portion of the diner scene as my
0: my pick. I actually want to push this just a little further. Uh, the scene right after the diner is they go back to Kevin's house, yeah. and they kind of talk about um, their identity. Uh, Black says, like, what do you mean? I've always been me. Uh, and Kevin says, I was never really, wasn't ever really myself. Now, sure, I, you kind of get that, like, maybe Black... Even though he's had these problems with his own sexual identity, he was always true to himself, and Kevin was the one who was forced to compromise the whole time. But what do you think, in the in light of knowing that Black is almost a carbon copy of Juan at this point, with the do rag, with the diamond studs, with the, Juan's crown on the hood of his, not hood, uh, dash of his car, mm-hmm. d- resuming his job as like a, a, a quote unquote drug company. lord? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know yeah um I mean is there anything to be read into that is black's life at this point a complete mess because he's had sexual identity problems and personal identity problems not to separate not saying that they're separate but yeah, yeah. Know, to delineate his Juan black persona from right his true homosexual persona right or sexual identity yeah
1: I think I mean I think Kevin says something or is
0: Juan just integrally integrally in him? I mean, I think Kevin. Kevin says something like,
1: "It's it's a life. It's it's a life." And I never had that before. Like now that he's kind of like in the diner thing, being the dad thing, and I don't think Chiron has a life. Like mm. the, be, being a drug dealer, he has is no not family, no one to love. Yeah, he's like barely talks to his mom, and he even says that you know, after everything that happened, we moved to Georgia, and I built myself up hard. Like he, that's a quote, and yeah. I think that's him kind of saying, like, I built walls around myself. I built myself up like Juan because I didn't really know what else to build myself up as. I I perceive Shyrone in this scene as somebody who doesn't know who he is, and I think finally admitting to Kevin that he's never been touched by anybody else before comes because Kevin, because uh, of what Kevin says before that, of. I didn't know, I had no life, I didn't know myself, and I finally know myself. And I felt like that is what made Chiron admit that, because he finally is standing in front of somebody, almost as a reminder of Juan, somebody who really did know themselves, for better or worse. And Chiron has never known that. Yeah, I think Juan knows himself. Yeah, definitely does. And that scene we discussed before, you know, so you're blue? No, I'm not blue. Because I don't let other people tell me who I am. I, I am who I am. And yeah. I think Chiron has n- never done that.
2: I fully agree with you. I took away this the same thing. I felt like the reason why he put this uh, persona on is that that's what he had to look up to. And that was the only thing that was protecting him Was was... Was that you know he like you guys like you guys said he didn't have family and he didn't have a father figure other than you know you know what I mean so I feel like the whole movie he was lost and he only had a, a had a truthful moment to himself at the very end of the movie, right before it's over. That's why I love where it, how it ends right there. But yeah, I, I I feel like this that was all fronts. You know, like that's why the gold fronts when he's that's why when when he said you take, take those eat. off i just really felt like that was more than just and take those off it was like that's not you like i've i've maybe been the only person to see you where you told me that you cry so much you know you know what i mean like i know you we had that talk it wasn't just the physical stuff so I love that part. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah, and um, at the
1: end, you get the final moment of like the laying the head on the shoulder and the yeah. first time you see Chiron maybe relax this yeah. whole movie. Do you smile. think
0: that's him really finally being himself? That's like that's the end of the movie that he's finally, yes. released from his own. It's at least the I think it's the... Tumultuous identity crises?
1: I think other than on the beach, it's the only other time in the movie we see him as Mm. himself with him laying his head on Kevin's shoulder and Kevin rubbing his head and him smiling and looking relaxed and, for lack of a better term, at home. Yeah, Uh, that's a good way to put it. He seems comfortable for the first time in his own skin. Yeah,
2: yeah because what a submissive position to be in to be in something like to have someone cradling you.
1: Yeah. Or right. a drug lord. And again, you know, exactly the same way on the beach. He cradles him even when the even when he's, you know, they're having their sexual moment. Yeah. He Kevin cradles him and holds him yeah. while he is showing him this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I will say I love the stuff Brandon about the uh, the fronts too that he knows it's not him, especially when you go back to act 2, the Chiron act where bully I can't remember the bully's name but he and his friend Chiron. make f- fun of Chiron because his jeans are too tight yeah. he's always wearing these like very plaid shirts which mm-hmm. is a, you know a very white shirt mm-hmm. to wear believe me my closet's full of plaid mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like and it is it's it's not you know it's not typically black clothing mm-hmm. and poor it's, and it, it I would, that poor. was that other thing I was going to say it is it, it comes out of like raw stress for less mm-hmm. like if you go there which I've been there, you will see racks and racks of those clothing, of that that exact clothing. Like a yellow plaid, like no one really wants to wear a yellow plaid shirt, but guess what? He's wearing the entire second act. Yeah, Taper fit jeans. Yeah, and they're high waters too. Light, color taper-fit jeans and this yellow open plaid short sleeve shirt.
1: Yeah. Which is, I mean, and a white t-shirt. Which
0: in is, no circles is this considered cool. Even as a white kid, you're not going like, yeah. Oh, look at that cool cat over there.
1: Yeah. As you're wearing a plaid shirt.
0: This <laughs> is boxed? It is not. Plaid. Boxed. Fair, it is box. boxed. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it involves colors over colors. <laughs> yes. yeah. Speaking of colors, I shouldn't let Best Seen go without mentioning the use of color: the greens, the baby blues, the turquoises, the pastel blue slash white sky, black skin, um, all just uh, like the Miami—just green, green grass and trees. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Front to bottom in this whole movie. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if there's a the best scene, it means that there's worst scene. Yeah. What's the worst scene in Moonlight? Uh, For
2: uh, me. Yeah. Because I had to find one. Uh, I did too. I did... It's when. Uh, uh, it's when Kevin. Kevin is talking. Uh, they're in the um. They're in like what's the? It's like this gated thing. I don't know. Kevin is telling. Uh, Black, I confused their name. Uh, Chiron Little,
0: little Chiron,
2: Chiron and Chiron. Then Black. So, uh, uh, Kevin is telling Chiron about how he just fucked this girl. Oh, right. And it was so, and it was like they're oh. like in a high school stairwell, like yes. open air stairwell. Yeah, it's like yeah. dark and it's just them two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I picked it as a worst scene because it was, I mean, it was just like a lot of juvenile like language. Yeah, fuck this girl. And it's like we kind of already uh, saw that from him previously, hmm. did we not yet?
0: I'm arguing this.
1: Maybe not yet. I
0: gotta we're... find a worse scene somewhere. In this this lead, I mean, I think that scene leads directly to the beach scene. I know. And that's without I, this yeah. scene, I don't think the beach scene works as well. True.
1: Agreed. I will say that's probably the only point in this entire movie where the acting wasn't immaculate. Like that's I feel mean. like Kevin's performance in that scene, sixteen-year-old Kevin. Yeah, it, which he was good. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't like great. There was a couple uh, not as authentic moments in that performance. I felt that actually did stand out to me a little bit. I didn't write it down as a worst scene, but there were a couple moments in there. Where I was like, y- you could maybe deliver this a little better.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's so that's it. why I picked that. Because then later, when we do get to the beach. His acting's on point. Uh, mm-hmm. The young man who plays Kevin, uh, his acting's on point. You can see all the the subtleties and like the subliminals in there that led to the you know what.
0: Yeah, another great scene before yeah. they yeah the actually H-J. give give <laughs> way to their passion for one another. Yeah, get yeah. a little HJ on the beach. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I really have one. If I uh, if I had to pick something. God, I I even love it. I'd say maybe... I don't really have a problem with it, but I think it's weird or funny that the movie starts on Juan and not on Little. Mm. I mean, it makes... I love it the way it plays out that he has this... Juan has this conversation and then Little and all these kids run by him. Yeah. And then you follow the kids, get introduced to Little, and then Juan shows up later, so you already know who he is. Right. Um... But I guess I would just like to see our main character first. I, <laughs> well, I don't even, even in, know, man. Even I don't that, have anything.
1: I will say, even in that opening scene, the camera work, kind of like the spinning and moving around, I feel like we don't really get that kind of
0: bold. Oh, camera work as much. we do when the bully is yeah. telling Kevin to hit Chiron. Yeah, we are spinning bad. with that bully around the schoolyard uh, like a predator. Yeah, walking those grounds. Yeah, it's true. Say that. Yeah, yeah it, 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 the
1: only reason I even mention that is because. It, it wasn't bad. It just felt a little... Yeah. Unnecessary, or, like, trying a little too
0: hard or something. Yeah. Maybe the dick measuring scene didn't need yeah, to be there. that probably yeah. doesn't need to be there at all. Although um, it kind of, like, awakens his sexuality. A little bit. But.
1: And I, I guess the only thing that I even really noticed was... And, and I understand... And honestly, I'm I'm nitpicking here because I, the whole... Yeah, Tom's rigid. Right.
0: Grasp and The, the, the whole
1: masculinity thing is so... Uh, is so not relevant, but rampant in this film of, like... Ingrained. Ingrained of, like, trying to do this. I I, I did feel like... Uh, God, what's his name? Terrell, or uh, the kind of the main bully. The bully. Convincing Kevin to go this... to, to beat up Chiron or to, like, do the, oh, let's go yeah, back uh-huh. in the day to, like, punching... Like, it, it Remember just that seemed, game we used to play where yeah, you just killed people? I, yeah. It just beat the shit out of people. I don't know. It felt a little... Easy to get there, or he was a little easily convinced to do that, but and that's kind of the move the world we're living in here, yeah. But that was the only thing and that struck again, me. Again,
0: it parallels when Kevin talks to Little in the first act when they're little after being tackled, is like, Listen, man, you don't want these kids to pick on you, yeah, show them you're tough, right? And yeah. he's showing this bully that he's tough, he yeah. doesn't want to get picked on, like right, gay Chiron is getting picked on, yeah. Yeah. Because he can hide behind his bisexual guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just fucked this girl in the stairwell, which actually makes me believe it less, maybe. Yeah. There, and there uh, we go. Well, maybe, maybe. I still think that he's too many girls in high school.
1: Potentially, but I feel like too many details and trying too hard to sell it usually means he didn't do it. But the Fair only enough. thing I will... And it's actually more of a question. The scene where Chiron is talking to his mother. Like, he's uh, middle actual Chiron. And he's, like, coming home and he's talking to his mother. She's, like, like, uh, it's going through withdrawal. And she, like, runs up to him when he's, like, walking up. Like, hey, baby, how's it going?
0: Oh, which is quote-unquote, locked out of the house and a yeah. Yeah, yeah. for money?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, it's, and they do it, I think, one other time in the movie, but she's, like, talking to him and then she keeps talking but her mouth's not moving. Yeah, they stay overlap. And then they catch back up and she's talking again. Yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely not calling this worst scene, but it's more curiosity of the decision, of the choice. Is it just that so many things are flying at Chiron that it's kind of like hard to keep track of all the different things she says or she says so many different things that you sometimes block it out and once you pop back in, you're like, oh, right, I think what you that's, what, now? that's okay. what I took it as.
0: That's, it was more of a
1: question than anything.
0: I may be wrong, but I think they do it one other time. Do, and I, say, I think they do it one other time. But I yeah. think it's maybe with Kevin Ooh. towards the
1: end. I thought it was closer to the fight. Maybe it is. I, I wish I would have made note of it because I did want to bring this it up. It might
0: be in that same act, but I
1: can't remember... Yeah, but it it just they he did, he does it twice in the movie, and it
0: just it might be with black at the end. I, I think yeah, it might yeah. be with black at the when end. He's on the phone, or yeah, when he's visiting his mom. Maybe I don't think mm. it's, I thought maybe it was or with or Kevin because okay. I
1: feel like it's kind of the same thing again, where Kevin says something and he kind of like zones. Chiron zones, zones out and like is almost like in his own head because yeah. they're both POV shots. Yeah, so which would make more sense yeah. why Chiron is like kind of losing focus and then popping back in yeah so but I, it, it just struck me as interesting yeah it I like that part I thought that was like cool stylistic choice yeah uh, believe me I, I didn't I wrote it down as a worst scene but I didn't really yeah we don't intend... mean any of
0: these guys we'll <laughs> yeah this is a, a damn near immaculate movie yeah. the other things mm-hmm. I actually
1: brought up as like little nitpicky things this was more of a question I wanted to pose mm. gotcha yeah.
0: alright uh oh It's time for milking It, the final game of the podcast. Zero to five points for this game. As we each draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres, on said card will give you a new way to reuse any ideas, characters, plot lines, themes from Moonlight, reimagine them, repurpose them, and put them into a brand new movie to make a billion more dollars for the studio system. We'll need a title and a quick summary from each one of us as we draw from the old Hollywood relic. Here she is. The old box out again. And I believe it is Brandon's turn to draw first. Alright. This is huge. Okay. Huge. 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 Revenge film.
2: Ooh.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) That's gonna be uh something else. Right. I'm gonna reboot it. Reboot it already! All white cast. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. And I'll do... A cartoon. Nice. In the traditional sense. As opposed to CGI. Oh, okay. (laughs) So not Pixar, but traditional Disney. Got it. Even though traditional Disney is now all CGI'd as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because Zootopia, Frozen, they're not Pixar. They're Disney. That's right. Although Disney owns Pixar. Right, so that's a thing. Politics. Yeah. We're going to be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment, right after this. And we're back, right in the middle of milking it for Moonlight with Brandon Black. Here we go. Brandon, you have a revenge film. I do. I would maybe argue the most challenging, although the reboot's not easy. For a very recent film. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, what do you got?
2: All right. Well, I have a great title, and I got some ideas. Maybe we can, you know, we'll see what happens here. So, revenge film. Uh, The film is called Taking Terrell. Terrell is the bully with the dreads. That's his name. Yes. Taking Terrell. So, we all know that the guy that's bullying the gay kid the most is going home and watching gay porn. So... Classic Republican senator. Of course, right? So in taking Terrell, Sharon hatches a plan with Kevin to uh, record um, uh, Sharon having sex with Terrell and blasting it all over social media. Damn. For all the students to find. And it will take the whole film to... You know, like you know, there'll be some steps involved. Very chaptery, very um, Quentin Tarantino-like, Kill Bill-like. Uh, but in the end, the uh, the dirt will be spread around the school in the most epic revenge, where Sharon does indeed take Terrell.
0: Mm. Wait, hold on! In the butt. <laughs> I was about to ask. Air- <laughs> <laughs> So he rapes him at the end of the no, movie? No, no, no. No, it's consensual. Okay. Oh, it's consensual. No, no, no. Okay. You're saying, just... you're
1: saying the whole movie is like a build of like Chiron convincing Tyrell like kind of him convincing him to have sex with him. Yeah. Like kind of slowly bringing him out bringing yeah. out his, homo- his, his, his
2: homosexual, homosexuality yeah. to the surface. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we blast it all over the school.
0: Damn. Yeah. 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 Taking Tyrell. Yeah. One, two, three. Nice. <laughs> 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 course the classic movie taking pelham one two three yes. yep ah yeah good job all right, right. very teen angsty yeah very, very brick very tweeting yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah and i Barry would do those. a great job doing that he would come on now i mean he kind of just did uh, you know yeah. Yeah. this movie's everything okay film around a high school yeah, yeah. they're not so stylistically different i want to say from I'm my saying, memory of brick yeah yeah some beautiful photography there. Yeah. Deep colors. Yeah. Although I Sad. think brick ends with more, or uh, focus on more like darker and grayer colors. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah,
1: Not as bright. Not I'll as vibrant, yeah. yeah.
0: But still as important to the overall feel Absolutely. and tone. Yeah. Brad Davis. Yes. Let's reboot Moonlight. Okay. So many people, as I've already mentioned, told me they didn't see it, so... <laughs> Let's let's make a movie they want to see. Huh? <laughs>
1: well, okay, so my... I, I kind of took a little bit of a different perspective on this, but basically what I'm going to do in rebooting Moonlight is just extend it, kind of make an extended edition of it. So we're going to bring everybody back, and we're going to tell a lot of the sa- We'll tell a lot of the same story, but kind of... Ex- uh, expand on it. So, we'll see more Juan. I feel like we'll get um, and, and while and I realize like this is probably why like oh, a lot of this stuff ends up on the on the editing floor because it's but personally, I just want more of this movie. So, we're going to see, you know, after the dinner table scene, we'll see actually Juan talk to the kid and show that he's still the father figure. Before going away. When we get to the second, um, to the second act, we'll actually start with Juan and now the older Chiron kind of having their last moment together. And then we'll maybe not see Juan's death, but uh, actually find out what happened to Juan. And then we'll kind of see how that affects Chiron moving forward. And, uh, Teresa and kind of how that affects this world. Um, and, uh, We'll we'll deal with that. And then we'll actually see uh, after Chiron hits Terrell in the back with the chair and gets arrested, we'll kind of see that play out a little more. We'll see kind of what that does to Chiron as far as his schooling and how that changes him and how he then, uh, when they move to Georgia, how he kind of builds himself up to be this different person and kind of how Mm -hmm. that transformation occurs. Um, And we'll... Uh, see a very brief of what happens next after the end of the movie. Like, does this really change Chiron? Or like, him and Kevin now together? Or is this a one-night stand? Or is this something that is really only there to kind of make Chiron make different decisions in life? Mm. I mean, personally, I would like to And I know this is kind of delving more into sequels, so I apologize for that. But I'd like to kind of see it going down a path where then... We see Chiron and Kevin together, and how that affects his, uh, Kevin's son, and how that affects, you know, his, uh, uh, son's mother, and like kind of how Ooh. this, like, starts playing, you know, the fact that they're now a couple isn't as simple as just we're together. Now there's this world still around them that isn't really accepting of them, and how they have to overcome that. So that's, kind of it's a kind of a loose reboot i feel like i cheated a little bit but mm-hmm. that's my idea okay all right and, i like it and my title is moonlight the black and blue edition
2: Ooh, mm. that's hard I it's like nice that. yeah cool cool jay-z uh, on yeah, that uh, soundtrack that. well yeah, yeah i mean obviously the
1: two main characters like alternate names
0: right yeah I like that. Uh, I didn't think about that. Band. That was the whole point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Black album blueprint. Right. Yeah. I just want some JZM. Sure, yeah. we all want Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, Blue Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Good stuff. I like Expanded Universe rather than just a straight up retelling or.
1: I mean, it made no sense to me to just do that. Like, personally, this movie's so great. I just wanted more of it. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm with you. I like that a lot. Uh, all right. I have a, a cartoon if you guys are ready. I'm ready for so that. So ready. Alright, I think we're going to stick with basically the same plot. I mean, we're still going to have Chiron and Kevin be the love story of the film. It's still going to be a lot about identity, which I think is a really strong, like, traditional Disney theme. Mm. Um, the, big, the big thing is we're going to be dealing with a lot of uh, Miami's and Florida's uh, nature life rather than people, because it's a cartoon, Sure. and Disney's want to do that. So we're gonna deal with like reptiles. So Juan and Tyrell are gonna be alligators. Okay. Classic Florida villains. Totally. Uh, Chiron and his mother are both geckos, mm. and Kevin is a chameleon. Mm. Mm. The bisexual. Wow. Right. <laughs> right? That's, that's good. I love and, that. And uh, Chirone, instead of being like a smaller gecko, or like he kind of is in this, um, as as like the uh, as a further othering of of his character, he's actually his gecko um, sheds or molts more often than mm. all the other reptiles, therefore keeping his skin softer. And so he's soft. Got it. Which is a big thing in this, in this movie Short. as it states yeah. of, of like being hard or being soft. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's very soft and vulnerable. He's seen that way. He's bullied because of it. Um, you know, the events kind of play out. He's sent away. And when he's away, he, 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 Learns to keep his skin and stop molting, but now, since it's been 10 years, his skin is so tough, yeah, and so hard that, like, it's hard for anyone to have broken through, yeah. It's hard and he's now a different person, so until he comes back and meets with the chameleon gecko or uh chameleon Kevin, you know, he molts once more at the end of the film, mm, gets that soft skin back, yeah, mm. and of course, like gecko that. skin in the moonlight. Looks blue. Ooh. I don't know if it's true. I just made it up. Wow. Uh, That's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on. That's too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And it's called, uh, oh, uh, I should mention Kevin's diner that he kind of hangs out near uh, at the end is a Denny's. Ah. So it's uh, the moon over Miami.
2: Ooh. Oh, I love it. Nice <clears> touch. <throat> I love it. That's a nice touch. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I was
0: into it. All right, guys. Well, once you're done scoring, please pass your scorecards to the front of the class for final edition. And as we do so, uh, as I add these up, we move into our pessimistic end. Podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the uh, duration of this show? I mean, I got two things real quick. I regret saying that this is one of three movies that uh, Mahershala Ali has done in the year 2016. The other one, uh, Hidden Figures, which I also recommend highly, a great film, uh, and a, under-told, a criminally undertold told story uh, about uh, black women working for NASA, trying to get John Glenn to the moon. And um, I also just want to mention how important, I think, representation on film is. I've mentioned this a bunch already. I, I've definitely had more than one person tell me that they were not interested in this movie because it's about gay people. Mm. I even had one guy tell me, he's like, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't interested in watching Brokeback Mountain and I'm not interested in watching this. Although, in more offensive terms than that. Um, wow. Yeah, equating it to people we knew. So, oh. oh, I don't want to watch this guy's life story, Brokeback wow. Mountain. I watch. Yeah. And uh, I think that is upsetting. And I urge anyone, regardless of movie, to watch movies outside of what's made for them. Yeah. Whether it's foreign films or films about uh, other races or other sexualities, I think it's incredibly important, important that you watch these movies and uh, it helps you open up to how other people think and other people's experiences and I think only makes you a more rounded human being as well as a better film critic. Yeah, I mean, Brad, you, you freely called this film
2: romantic and Chris, you got, got romantic got as hell. Goosebumps, you know. It's like, and these aren't stories about anything to do with your lives at all. No, uh, no. Nope. I mean, <laughs> th- this is wow. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty stunned that somebody said that. Uh, I, yeah. I think more than ever we need better understanding of people we don't understand, mm-hmm. and this movie definitely helps to start do that. So, uh, yeah. And it's just great storytelling, great filmmaking, and an important story. If, if you can't understand that, then you're a little close-minded, at least a little. Um, uh, podcast regrets, man. I regret hearing that. Uh, but on top of that, yeah. Uh, Sorry, two, guys. No, no, no. Trumps but, America. No, I'm glad you said it. That <laughs> it needed to be said. Uh, two scenes uh, that I feel like just need to be given a nod to. Uh, one, I love the scene of. Chiron getting the call, or Black, I guess at that point, getting the call from Kevin and him going from this really outspoken, like kind of like tough guy who like, talks about women and sex, and all of a sudden, he, as soon as he hears Kevin's voice, he goes right back to the kid he was, the guy who barely ever speaks, the mm-hmm. guy who can never say what's on his mind. And I love that. I love that tr- immediate transformation back to what the kid was and... Uh, the final scene between Chiron and his, uh, I'm sorry, again, Black, and his mother, uh, I mm. think it's such a great scene of her just saying, I'm sorry, and saying, I love you, and him not, uh, not accepting it at first, because she doesn't deserve that for the way she's been, but, uh, Naomi Harris absolutely is terrific in this movie, and yeah. she brings it in that scene, and, uh... Uh, Tra- Travante Rhodes mm-hmm. who plays Black. He doesn't say much in that scene but he gives you so much. And oh yeah. And that guy is I feel I mean a lot of the actors in this movie will see a lot more of, but I think that guy in particular is uh, is something special.
0: Yeah, is he going to be in the new Predator? Yes, he is. Yeah.
1: Him, Sterling K. Brown. Wow. Uh, Jacob Tremblay.
0: Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. Sheesh. Uh, I, I do I don't know if we made this clear little Chiron and Black are all the same character. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, yes at yes. different stages in their life. Right. I hope I'm sorry. that wasn't a source of confusion to the listeners yeah. in this podcast. Yes. you yeah, haven't seen this movie. Yeah. But what are you doing listening to this podcast Go see and not seeing this, this movie?
2: Yeah. It's yeah. being
1: opened up in like 1,500 more theaters now that I want Best Picture. Of course. Go see it. Again,
0: the importance of representation. Yeah. Go. And the importance of the Oscars. People who say the Oscars don't mean anything. Go yeah. See it. While they okay. don't, they mean a lot. They, yeah. Um, regrets?
2: Um, I, well, I wrote down, um, he's, he, we, I guess we never talked about how he was still having wet dreams as an adult. Mm. <laughs> sure. Um, well, if you're not regularly having sex, active, ejaculating,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, that's building up and there's a release somewhere, somewhere, man, somewhere.
2: Uh, but I thought that was interesting, uh, uh, cause he had the wet dream about Kevin when he was a kid. Right. Um, and then just talking to him on the phone brought that back. Just
1: yeah, and it's just Kevin, like his wet dream is about just Kevin standing outside the diner smoking a cigarette. Yeah,
2: with just like some slow shots, that, you know, if that was our looking right in, right in the cam- camera, right into the camera, like these cool, like almost glamour shots, but like done very real. Again, some people regret. I would be, I guess, would be that people keep saying that this is. Um, emasculating black men um, and I thought this did the opposite.
0: Especially with a character like Juan who is a straight straight male and clearly one of the strongest men you know in not only Chiron's life but like Mm -hmm in any of our lives to watch this guy who mm-hmm. can be that honest and open with a kid and his own yeah. partner right uh, away Janelle Monáe, uh, what's her name teresa. teresa yeah teresa yeah right away he was i mean he was out there with his with
2: his uh with the guys selling drugs he was you know a certain way with them and then he encounters the kid and he's immediately different you know and, which then we see later that black has that switch too or sharon all all the incarnations of him they all mm-hmm. have that switch too of being uh, very quiet and whatever, or being very, like, when his mommy got explosive at one point, was like, who... You know, when, when, when they're at the um, uh, rehab center, he's like, who am I supposed to talk to, Mom? You know, like, yeah. it, we don't ever see him really blow up like that, but he has that switch, too. So uh, yeah. well, and I feel like that goes to, like, I feel like a big part of this movie is that strength
1: and masculinity aren't mutually exclusive. Right. Like, that's mm. kind of something that I feel like is always uh that that always has to be there like oh, if you're strong you're male like no right. that is a big part of this movie that just cuz you're strong doesn't mean you're masculine right. i mean it, obviously females can be very strong and gay men can be very strong right. and that's a terrible misconception
2: and trying to hold on to well, your idea of yeah it's
1: antiquated that's a better way yeah
2: and and trying to hold on to your idea of what masculinity is yes. supposed to be will have you alone having wet dreams for years <laughs> While yes. everyone else has moved on and had kids, you know, and yeah. you're selling drugs, you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was great message for how we need to move forward with all of these things. Masculinity and sexuality aren't the same thing either.
0: No. You know? Yeah. And, well, hopefully, you know, 15,000 more theaters or whatever you said. 100 more theaters? Well, uh, 1,500, I think. Uh, yeah, it's probably more recently. 15,000. 15,000? thousand. Fifteen. It's a lot of movies. It's a, a lot of theaters. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll show that because, uh, and hopefully we'll continue to get movies like this and, uh, movies like this will be, uh, recognized by the powers that be as, for the, the pieces of art and important, uh, speakings to
2: society that they are. Yep. So... Well, this being successful opens the door for the next thing like this to be successful, too, potentially.
0: 100%.
2: And that's the cool thing.
0: Yep. About this winning. It is. It is. And hopefully... Uh, well, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'm just going to lead to this. Uh, hopefully, Barry Jenkins' next project, which is, I believe, an episode of Dear White People on Netflix with, y- with you, with Brandon Black, Yeah, will be... Uh, I- I'm sure it will be... It's a good episode. A fantastic episode. Yeah. I mean, if if the movie Dear White People and Barry Jenkins' previous work can speak to what he does in your episode, I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see it. Me too. <laughs> and uh, I'll just let you know right here and now, you won the podcast. I won? You won. This sixteen point nine points. Wow! To my sixteen point three five to Brad's fifteen point seven. Wow!
2: I've ne- guys, I don't know if you listen every week like you should, but I've never won. Oh
0: really? Yeah. I, I'm That's always surprised when people say. Well, this yeah, because we don't keep track. Of yeah, I know. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's more is... about the
1: discussion for us than the victory. But oh no, well then I'm even
0: more
2: happy. Yes, I'm well, so happy you won for this. Yeah, oh, yeah this me is
0: too. Well deserved. Thank yes. you guys. Thank you very much. Wow. Well, um, That's but no. Rude. Please, everyone, watch Brandon on Dear White People <laughs> yes. when it comes out on Netflix. April 28th. Boom. Boom. All
2: episodes, all 10 episodes available April 28th on Netflix. Um, and you can go see that uh, the first date announcement uh, trailer on, on YouTube right now. And then read those comments and see why we made the show in those comments. Yeah.
0: The racist comments. The people. racist-ass comments. Oh.
2: Yeah. And Don't p- read
1: too many because they'll make you fucking miserable. Yeah. But, yeah. Do
0: your due diligence and get on Hulu and watch the movie Dear White People. It's phenomenal. By a first-time director, Justin Simeon, who shows incredible promise. I mean, he's great. I mean, yeah. He, he plays with textbook filmmaking like Spike Lee did. He brings in, like, all kinds of social issues of, uh, of, uh, I would say what's what's considered now liberal racism, which yeah. I believe the movie Get Out, Jordan Peele's movie, deals with. Yes, uh, in Spades. Yes, in spades. Um, which I can't wait to see. Which, it's so good. Yeah, I'm ashamed I haven't seen it yet. Actually, I love Jordan it's Peele. Cool. I've been anticipating this movie forever. Yeah. And you know who I even love more? Lakeith Stanfield.
2: Oh well, no. then you're set, man. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie, and some of the same hate that that movie got is what uh, Dear White People has been getting. Uh, so Barry's killing it. He got mm-hmm. Moonlight, which was causing a little drama. He's got This, Is, which is going to cause a little drama. And
0: we'll see what he does next. Oh, God forbid. Get a away. black person could just be black and Trump's America. Oh, hell no. Drumming up bullshit. From <laughs> <the> Confederates.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting times.
0: Brandon, thank you so much. Thank you,
2: guys. And I won. I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. You're Relishing it, man. As, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, at... Brandon underscore black on Twitter. At Brandon underscore F underscore
0: black. Ah, uh, forgot the middle initial. Yeah, I'm sorry, no sir. No worries. Don't um, be confused, listeners. Yes.
2: Whole different guy. Brandon <laughs> underscore F underscore black on Twitter and uh, Instagram and Brandon F black on Snapchat.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
2: Brad Davis, thank you as always, sir.
1: Uh, my pleasure.
2: Uh, at BDAlwaysGP on
1: Twitter and Instagram and uh, my top 10 movie list of the year is up on our website.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it'll be up by now.
1: Yeah, it'll be up by now.
0: <laughs> if I have to um, work through the night, it'll be up by <laughs> now. No, 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 no.
1: But yeah, I mean, it'll be up. Uh, but yeah, top ten movie of the year, and spoiler alert, Moonlight is number one, but what is two through ten? You're going to have to
0: read it. I'm very excited. I, I have it in my email, but I haven't looked at it yet. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at Cross Maxwell. That's Chris with an O, where the I is supposed to be. Um... And yeah, at High On Films as a Show, we got plenty of things you can listen to. Uh, Silence of the Lambs last week, some a buzzed off film for Lego Batman, all kinds of fun stuff. We'll hopefully get some more buzzed offs to you in the meantime, because we're gonna go on a little bit of a hiatus. Mm. Oh. I know, I know. We're uh, we're getting another podcast up and running. Oh. So we're doing uh, doing some work, we're taking a little break, we're coming back mid to end of April? Yes. I think the date's still a little liquid at this point.
1: Yes, but uh, mid to end of April, we'll, th- this was 10 episodes and we'll do another 10. So 11, actually. Oh, yes. With our Christmas with special. Our Christmas off, but oh, yeah, fun. mid to end of April, we'll be coming back with 10 more episodes yeah. for your listening pleasure.
0: And on some level or another, we will be dealing with um, the Alien franchise with the release of the new Alien Covenant movie coming out, I believe, at the end of April. So uh, we'll be we'll be talking on that to some degree, one way or the other. Otherwise, thank you for listening, guys. We love you so much for all your support and uh, sticking with us through this year's Oscars and McConaughey. Ugh, McCown-y-merry, oh, such a stain on us. I now.
1: know it's Still not, not our supporter. finest hour. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs>
2: I don't know Correct. if he voted for him, but...
0: Uh, he said give him a chance. Yeah, fuck him. I love him, McConaughey, man. I love,
2: I love him, McConaughey. Hey, uh, listen, I, I did too. I Check did out Matthew McConaughey
0: and uh, Mahershala Steady Ali. Jones. <laughs> Free state of Yeah. Nice tie-in. Do it yeah. for Mahershala. <laughs> With that, we're out, guys. We love you so much. We'll see you in a month and a half or so. Bye. Stay woke. Peace.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: Goodbye. <laughs>